When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to TMZ Movie Crashes. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the TMZ Movie Crashers podcast. I'm your host, Paige Catton from 2Fab. And I'm Chantal from TMZ Socials. So we always say that there is a lot of movie news and this week was no exception. Um, Chantal and I were actually both out of town this weekend and we both come home to like all of this movie news and it was overwhelming amount like what are we going to do? What are we going to talk about? And even today, we had certain, um, we had to change one of our segments because we actually were going to do um, Barbie's one of our segments, hence my very Barbie pink bright top. Um, <laughs> but I decided, I decided to still wear it because it's, you know, why not? So some things that we aren't talking about, but I just want to mention because it was literally like writing stories in between the day, just going on Twitter and usual workday. I just kept seeing more and more stuff like, look at that, look at that, look at that. So mm-hmm. we need stuff for next week. We already, I feel like we already got ideas. So um, just a couple things I want to mention that we aren't going to get into, but I just wanted to to note them because they were pretty awesome. So um, Julia Roberts and George Clooney are reuniting for a rom-com. So excited mm-hmm. about that. Um, I miss Julia Roberts' rom-com in general. Then George Clooney is just an added bonus, right? Um, Both a icons. Big one, definitely. A big thing that just um, came out and like an hour or two ago, Cameron Diaz is coming out of retirement, which is well, insane. Didn't you didn't see that? No. Yeah. Yes. Oh, she's that is retirement. So she's doing a Netflix film, I believe Netflix, with Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Oh, yes. I've missed her so right? much. Like, She's I, incredible. The Holiday is like one of my favorite movies. Like, no shade. No Same. shame at all. Love that movie. Same. So very, very excited about that. The nearly 400 people have been invited to join the Academy. Um, a lot yes. of great actors have been invited. I always love seeing that list. Um, so I, I was really excited about that. Um, and of course, as I mentioned, Barbie. Um, we've talked about it on the podcast before as there's been casting developments. The first look at Margot Robbie as Barbie um, in the, in the Greta, Greta Gerwig live action film. But we just wanted to note this because, again, it originally was going to be one of our big topics. But also social media, people on social media have been going nuts over this because there's been set photos and videos the, from the uh, production in Venice Beach. Margot Robbie and... The main thing that people are going nuts over is Margot Robbie and um, Ryan Gosling as Barbie and Ken, respectively, rollerblading in these like neon outfits and like just yep. crazy. And there's even videos showing Margot Robbie's uh, Barbie voice. And I saw one today of, I don't know if you saw this, of Ryan Gosling screaming. Like no, his, his Ken that. scream is hilarious. Like, I did ah! see... I did see that they were comparing it to like recent Barbie, like animated films and like the yes, character yes, in exactly. that. But I didn't see the video. I'll have to watch it after this. Yes, yes. So, but those are just some things I wanted to mention. But our big topic of the day, our big motion picture, is about Howard Stern. And you probably hear, hear Howard Stern, you're like, why are they talking about Howard Stern on a movie podcast? <laughs> that guy has like two <laughs> movie credits. Well, it is, makes it even more shocking, this news. So, on a recent episode um, of Howard Stern's uh, Sirius XM show, Howard Stern show, he appeared to reveal that he's involved in a Doctor Doom project. Now, it was an, is a leaked clip 
And it seemed to be during a hot mic moment. So, and during an ad break. So you can't fully exactly hear everything he's saying. We'll tell you exactly what he's saying, but we have the clip of when he's revealing this news and we're going to play it for you. But I don't even believe me. I'm fucking miserable about it. I don't even remember that. Well, yeah, I call Robert Downey Okay, so that was the clip, and I know it's probably hard to understand, so we're going to tell you what was what little things he was saying in between the ads and it seems it seems like he was having a conversation with someone um so he said they're going over the schedule with me and it's going to suck and then it looks like someone said something like oh what are your summer plans and he said i told you i'm going to do dr doom that's the thing but believe me i'm effing miserable about it i called robert downey jr and i was asking him acting techniques and then a few minutes go seconds go by and then he asked someone do you have a number for john favreau a lot to unpack there First of all, he says he's going to do Dr. Doom, not play Dr. Doom. So that's the first thing that's interesting. I don't know if mm. he's just saying it like that, but when he said that, the internet's going a little nuts and people are trying to speculate what he's talking about. So we're going to do the same thing. Um, so the question is, is this a standalone film or is he playing Dr. Doom in MC's Fantastic Four and he just didn't use the word play? Or is it something else entirely? Is it animated? Is it you possibly like, what if? Um and I will, I want to hear, because Chantel, everyone, Chantel is an MCU expert. So I want to definitely give you plenty, plenty of time to give your opinion on this. But um, I, I just want to say one thing real quick. I feel that it's probably in the way I took it. I don't think it would be an um, animated because why would he call Robert Downey Jr. and mm. want to talk to John Favreau if it was animated? Because yeah, he no. does like... You know, he does like he's on the radio. So obviously he doesn't have problem. Like, I mean, obviously voice work when it comes to like animated film is probably obviously different. But I feel like he wouldn't really need to call, you know, Iron Man and John Favreau to get acting techniques when it comes to the, and specifically MCU actors. So I that's why it makes me think it's not something animated. But then off that, why would Howard Stern, no shade, but like he has like two acting credits. So if it is something acting, why is he being Dr. Doom? And he doesn't sound like he's that excited about it. I mean, dude, if you're in the MCU, like you should be thrilled. And like he acted like he was like complaining about it. So yeah. what are your thoughts, Chantal? What do you think about it? Well, first of all, with like him being annoyed about it, I am wondering if there's like a level of like annoyance because he feels like he's sold out. But I don't know. I, I just feel like there must be a bigger reason there. And that might be revealed when we get more information. Yeah. I do agree. It's probably not animated because like schedule wise, I don't think he would be that annoyed about it if it right? were. I don't know. But again, he why? OK, so Dr. Doom could potentially obviously for phase four, King the Conquerors being set up as kind of like the Thanos-esque villain. And so I don't think Dr. Doom you know, would fit that, that kind of role. But if he were supposed to be a big villain in phase four, why, why would Howard 
Stern take that on? Like, who knows? Maybe it's a cameo. Maybe it's a, I don't know what. But then why would he say Dr. Doom? Because as you mentioned, there is no Dr. Doom solo project. Unless, unless we as a public don't know about it. Mm -hmm. Because I know that a lot of films for phase four have been wrapped or are kind of in the process of of finishing filming. So maybe this is phase four. Five filming this summer? I mean, who knows? I think Marvel and Kevin Feige have been really good about being secretive about upcoming 100%. projects. So, you know, I think my guess is there, there's things that we as a public don't know yet, but who knows? Maybe this is also like a strategically, because as you mentioned, <gasps> well, like, yeah. why would he, like, surely he would know that a mic was on, like he's been doing this for 100%. years. 100%. Like that's the thing that I think is so wild because yes, it's like leaked audio and stuff, but like if someone was listening to his radio station, his radio show, like this, that's where the audio came from. So obviously, you know, I don't know the numbers, how many listeners he has, but obviously he's on Sirius XM. That's a huge platform. And, you know, and I'm, and he, you know, he's been in shows business for a long time. He knows, I'm sure about, you know, even if he's not been, doesn't know much about Marvel, like he obviously has some sort of contract. So like he couldn't just yeah. let something slip like that. You know, especially something that no one knows anything about. Yeah. Unless he fully is like not even sure what the big project name is. And he's just using (laughs) Dr. Doom as like a like a just a way to refer to it. But I don't know that. that, I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. That could be a possibility, too. I mean, honestly, (laughs) it's a big like who knows. We'll see. Yeah, no, absolutely. And if anything, it's gotten me more excited going forward. You know, there's things we don't know about. There's so much to look forward to. I'm not Howard Stern's biggest fan. So I don't know how I feel about him joining the MCU. Yeah. But, you know, uh, not to yuck anyone's yum. This might be really interesting and cool. Uh, But, I mean, there's so little information. We're going off of one leak right now that it's so hard to make any predictions yeah. I have I have a question for you because this is something that I don't know if I'm just like, again, I am like a bandwagon MCU fan, bandwagon comic book fan. I learn things as I go. But, you know, I think I said something about this the other day when we were talking about another, uh, oh yeah, Joker 2. And I was saying like, and then Lady Gaga possibly being Harley Quinn. And I was saying like, do we need another Harley Quinn? Because mm-hmm. there's like so many of similar characters. And then and that's an existing at the same time. So obviously there's no Dr. Doom right now. But, you know, Dr. Doom has been, the character has been in uh, three live action, I believe. So it was in the 2005 film, the sequel, Rise of Silver Surfer, and then the 2015 reboot. But I was thinking like, I don't know this and I'm not sure because I know you're an MCU fan. You probably know the answer to this, but if you don't, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> totally fine. But because um, I realized this like right before we started the podcast, so I couldn't look it up. But I was kind of thinking like, we've already had Dr. Doom and like several films like this. Is he, basically what I'm saying is for the Fantastic Four, whatever, whenever, I don't know, phase four, phase five, whenever this upcoming MCU Fantastic Four film is happening, does Dr. Doom have to be in it? Like, is he the only Fantastic Four big villain? So you are going to laugh at me, but Fantastic Four is the one like branch of Marvel that I have not engaged with. Um, so <laughs> it's not, not loud. It's only fine. Whoopsies. No, no, but from the research I have done, Dr. Okay. Doom is a fan favorite. They've been asking for him to come to the MCU ever since, okay. you know, Disney acquired the rights. I think like you, I'm a bit like, do we need yet another interpretation? I think it was exactly. Cool 
see it in a way that was, you know, within the scope of the MCU and how that how that ties into new plots and, and existing characters that we care about. Um, but in terms of like, is he super necessary? I wish I had a more eloquent and well-informed answer <laughs> to, to that. I, I just, I, I'm on probably on the train of, of maybe something new might be better. But again, like, I think whatever the MCU does is usually has has a purpose and has a, a 100% purpose within the wider scope of, of production. So Kevin Feige knows the shit. Like he knows, he knows what, what he's, he's doing. doing. So Even when we think he doesn't, he 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 plays the long game. Oh, 100%. Like he <laughs> uh, yeah, like I have full confidence in what like people are always like, "Well, this is like random and this is weird." It's like, "Well, everything has a purpose exactly as you put it. Mm-hmm. Everything always ends up tying a perfect bow in a knot like ends up in the end whenever well that's how it was for the infinity saga of course but um i feel like yeah everything has a purpose and i still feel like right now in phase four we're just introducing these new stories these new characters so um, i'm sure phase five will have a little bit of that too um if if there's the rumors you know i won't get into this but like of a secret wars kind of thing happening in the end i mean they're gonna have to like we need a lot of characters so they're gonna have to build up and bring in all these new characters and tell these new stories before they start interacting with each other i would assume yeah i think that makes sense no absolutely and i think within a comic slash cartoon context that's worked super well i am just worried and we have talked about this before but about there being way too many moving parts way too many pieces that are interconnected but don't stand alone so I think my just my hope for going forward is, you know, if there is this big um, kind of grand finale we're working towards, I just hope that things tie into it as opposed to it just getting more and more confusing. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, you know, uh, I meant to mention this, that there actually was a standalone so or solo uh, Dr. Doom film in the works with Fox yes. before um, Disney's acquisition of 20th Century Fox and it was canceled after um, the acquisition. So um, I don't know if it's going to be, if if, it, if there is a solo film, is it going to be that one? Is it going to be something like that? But I'm curious, do you, would you rather, if, if this, if you could choose, would you rather Howard Stern being cast as Dr. Doom in Fantastic Four or would you rather him be a solo Dr. Doom? Oh, and that's, and, and, and yeah, also, no. we don't know if there if it was a solo Doctor Doom. That doesn't necessarily mean he'll be the Fantastic Four Doctor Doom because obviously there's multiverse. So multiverse, multiverse. Yeah. Because, but also like, I don't know how people would even feel about Howard Stern. Because, sorry, I I, I started no. asking questions, then I kept going. Sorry, continue. <laughs> no, okay. answer the question. <laughs> we're bouncing ideas off each other. I know. I'm just, we're just yeah. <laughs> I would rather see him if he is Dr. Doom I'd rather see him in the more general context of Fantastic Four like I, I again and it's probably just I'm not like his biggest fan so I don't know if I if I'd want to see a full movie that's just like just starring him but who knows maybe yeah. he he could be really good maybe I do again trust Marvel trust their process if he was cast as Dr. Doom, I'm sure there was a reason. So even if it is a standalone, I could get on board with that. But I think just first reactions, I, I hope it's as a part of the upcoming Fantastic Four. And also on that, like, is John, speaking of the multiverse, like, is John Krasinski going to be in the in the new I one? know. We literally There's don't so- know. We don't know crap about Fantastic Four, the MC Fantastic Four. Because first it was, you know, John Watts, no not John Watts. Yeah. John Watts was directing, right? Is uh, that what's his name? 
I do not remember. The guy that directed the, I believe it was John Watts. It doesn't matter. Basically, I'm pretty sure the guy that directed the Spider, yeah, I think it's John Watts. He did the Spider-Man okay. trilogy, the Tom Holland Spider-Man trilogy. He okay. was going to direct Fantastic Four and then now he's not anymore. And right. so there's rumors that John Krasinski, we talked about this, that John Krasinski could possibly be directing Fantastic Four, but is he also starring in it? Because some people did not like him in Multiverse of Madness as Fantastic Four. I personally loved him. Not loved sure- him. I loved him. Like, I thought he was great, but I'm also like a huge Krasinski fan. And some people are like, well, I don't like him. I don't know how you could not like John Krasinski. It's like Ryan Reynolds. Like, how do you not like John Krasinski? He's It's like Tom Hanks, Ryan Reynolds, like John Krasinski. Like, how do you not like them? Like, it's just, that's whatever. A conversation another time. Yeah. I'm with you. So I think he would be great. I thought he was great in Multiverse of Madness, but also you can't judge him off that tiny little clip that when also that, that tiny little like cameo and also like, <laughs> and and he didn't even like work with um, Elizabeth Olsen, didn't even like, actually work with them. So I don't know what they were talking to, like a, like a ball, like what were they talking to? Cause she wasn't there. She didn't work with yeah. them. She wasn't on set with them. So you can't really judge him on like, it was probably, I don't know if he's ever done like, you know, stuff like that. So whatever. Anyway, I hope... This is my main thing. So Comic-Con is at the end of next month. Mm. And Marvel is going to be at Hall H. There's also Disney's D23, which I think is also... I think that might be... I don't know if it's next month. But Disney's... I mean, Marvel's coming to Hall H. So we're going to get some announcements. And I hope they say something about Fantastic Four. Because the people want to know. Just give us something. Give us... Agreed. Give us one casting. Give us a director. Give us... I don't think we'll get a release date. But just give us something... Because the people need it. We're going the speculation. Off the speculation, while fun, as we're doing it now, it is exhausting. <laughs> no, it truly is. Do something. I am going with the theory that this was a somewhat on purpose leak because it's worked really well for them before. Um, you know, from Tom Holland to Mark Ruffalo, yeah. I feel like these leaks have have actually worked in their favor. So I'm going with the theory that Kevin Feige has a plan and this is a teeny part of it. And yeah. it'll lead up to more announcements in D23. Let's see. Let's see. I'm excited for whatever comes. Me too. Me too. Um, so I think it's a good time to move on to our next segment, Casting a Light. Um, so we're talking about the Hunger Games prequel. Um, there's been several like um, uh, reports about people that have been cast. Um, even Lionsgate has sent out like a bunch of the tributes have been cast. Um, it's obviously going to be a big um, overall cast um, like the originals. So it's for the prequel, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Hunter Schaefer from Euphoria, um, I love her. I will get to that in a second. But um, she will play um, Tigress Snow, who is Cori... I'm going to butcher this. Coriolanus Snow's confidant. Um, Coriolanus... Corian, I'm just going to say Snow. President Snow. President Snow. (laughs) I know, because like, I can't... Because in the original... Okay, I should say this. So I am a diehard Hunger Games fan. Well, not diehard. I was a big fan when the original trilogy um, and Tool 4 films were out. I even dressed up as Katniss. I love Jennifer Lawrence, favorite actress. Just want to point that out there. I read all the books. I have not read the prequel, though. I have the prequel. I was telling Chantal, I was staring at it on my bookshelf when I was on the phone with her last night. I was like, yeah, I haven't read it, but I'm staring at it. Um, so this is a prequel set like, you know, um, President Snow was played by Donald, Donald Sutherland. They like never say his first name in the movie. That's why <laughs> butchering this. Um, they said it like once. President Snow is like in his 80s and he's going to, it's going to be a, when he's 18 years old. And it's going to follow the prequel, The Ballad of Songbirds, 
Songbirds and Snakes follows a young Snow as he mentors and develops feelings for a for the female District 12 tribute during the 10th Hunger Games. And the tribute, um, Lucy Gray, is going to be played by Rachel Zegler from um, West Side Story. And she's also going to be in um, in Snow White, the live action Snow White. If you don't know who Rachel Zegler is, you're living under a rock. Um, <laughs> love her. <laughs> so Hunter, So the thing that's crazy about this Hunter Schaefer um, casting is that Tigress Snow, in she's in Mockingjay Part 2 at the end. And um, spoiler alert, because Chantal has... Um, is has not watched the, the Hungry Games films, but this I'm is it. So she's not. Sorry. She, it's okay. She's not a big <laughs> character. She's not a big character, but she is part of like the Rebel Alliance. Like she helps Katniss and the other rebels. And she, she was a former st- former stylist for the games, and she was fired by Snow because she was too sur- surgically enhanced. But it is never mentioned that she is Snow's cousin mm. until the prequel. Because I was reading this and I'm like, how, why is she, what Snow? Like, how is she Snow's cousin? Obviously, the prequel is going to show how he turns into like an evil person. Um, I got to have it ready yet. But um, it's interesting that she goes from being this related to Snow. I mean, she is related to Snow and she ends up becoming like totally against him, which is wild. So I don't know if that's explored in the book, in, in the story, but the fact that Hunter Schaefer is going to be in this film, I'm so excited because I love her. I'm a big Euphoria fan. She is a phenomenal actress. I'm excited to see her in a film, something big, something mainstream that's going to, you know, I want her to have more fans. She's so talented. I think she's going to kill it. Uh, another casting, I don't know this actor very well, Jason Schwartzman, but he's mm-hmm. going to be playing um, Lucky Flickerman, the host of the 10th Hunger Games, an ancestor to Caesar Flickerman, who is played by Stanley Tucci in the original Hunger Games films. And that's kind of like the host, like the MC of the Hunger Games. So I'm really, I'm really excited for this. I think I'm really excited for the film. I'm so glad Hunter's going to be a part of it. Um, Rachel Ziegler's boyfriend in real life is actually in it as well. Tom Blythe is playing Young Snow. I just said a lot about the movie and a lot about a lot of stuff at one time. So we're going to talk a little bit about prequels in general, because I think that you have some thoughts on that, Chantal. Definitely. I think, well, first of all, I'm so sorry. I did not. I think when The Hunger Games came out, everyone was very intense about it. And so it got me stressed out and I never got into it. I hope it I didn't make time. you more confused. I hope what I said made no. sense. I hope I didn't no, make no. it more confusing. I'm like trying <laughs> to like look at my notes, but also like not sound like I'm, re- yeah. No, this was great. I okay. did like a lot of research before today. And I will say that the prequel book, I, I read the general plot sounds so fascinating and I am looking forward to it. And I think what's going to happen is when it comes out, I'll watch that and then watch the, the four Hunger Games films. Oh, so you're going just, like, you'll go in like order. Like I'll chronological. go in chronological. Yeah. Lot. That's how I got into Star Wars, actually, is I went episode one to nine. Um, I forgot. But, what, I watched Star Wars in a weird order, I think, too. Yeah, no, it's, I couldn't have watched it in the 70s. <laughs> so I had to Obviously, it yeah. <laughs> um, but no, in prequels in general, I think because it's based off of uh, this Hunger Games sequel specifically, because it's based off of a book that was well-received, I think it could it could be really, really interesting and fun and a wonderful take. And I think there's been enough time, you know, like as you mentioned, President Snow's like 80 in the kind of original film. So that was just a guess. I, I mean, I think Donald Southern was like 80. That was just, yeah, yeah. 70s, well, he's 80s. A lot, he's older. There's enough yes. time between the prequel and the OG films that like there isn't Decades. going to be any of that. Yeah, there isn't yeah. going to be any of that weird like 
like casting tension that I think was a bit there with um, the solo film, like going back to Star Wars. Um, Which we, so we've I'm, also discussed on the podcast that about how like Lucasfilm wanted to like no longer yeah. cast, um, recast uh, younger versions of characters. But I think that yeah. this avoids that because there's such a yeah. big gap of year, like decades in between. Absolutely. And it does tell a new fascinating story that like, of, of what led to kind of the world order of the Hunger Games. And so I think that's going to be super interesting. And and a part of the narrative of the prequel in the book, at least, is that, you know, Tigress initially is super close to her cousin who becomes yeah. Snow and then sees his humanity slowly chipped away. And so I think it'll be really interesting to see whether you get glimpses of who they are in the kind of original films, um, get glimpses of that, in the prequel and and see how they, their paths and their values sort of diverge. I think that's going to be exciting and, and 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 interesting. But again, you are the bigger Hunger Games fan, so you can speak more. You put to- that way better than I did. That I was I was trying <laughs> to get that, but like you explained it way better. But I think because you don't really get again, you don't see there's any relation between them mm. in 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 the original films and um and but I th- I agree. I think when I first. I remember the first the book first came out. I was first like, why are they doing a prequel about Snow? Mm-hmm. Like he's evil. Like why? I'm not going to tell you what happens to him in, in this because it's actually like kind of a twist. So I'm not going to tell you how it ends, how his, how his story um, um, concludes. But mm-hmm. it's interesting to have him have any, like he's going to be an 18 year old. Like I had started the book like when it first came out. But I remember it's like weird having him be like, have some humanity and like not being like this evil dictator in a way so it's kind of it's interesting and I also bringing it back to casting I think that Hunter Schaefer really is going to have that um she can uh, do you watch Euphoria parts of it I haven't seen okay I know this is a movie podcast but I you know I had to mention (laughs) that so she I definitely think really can give that um that emotional depth to her character and I'm really looking forward to seeing that because I want the I mean, most a lot of people watch Euphoria. I know it's a big audience, but on the big screen, it's going to be different. And mm-hmm. um, I also think this could possibly bring in like a younger crowd because Euphoria. I mean, there are kids that are t- too young that that are watching it, but I think that they'll be. Um, and I think that's great, especially because yeah. she is a um, trans actress, which I think is even better. Yeah, so uh, I'm very excited for this. You should watch the Hunger Games movies, or you can wait because it comes out next year. My curiosity might get the best of me, I will say. I got kind of excited while doing research for this. If you want to do a marathon, like, hit me up. We'll, like, I am have a very down. We'll watch, all, we'll watch all four, like, so In down. one night. The second one is my fave. Just thought I would say that. Catching Fire. Okay. Since this is, I will, to end this segment, I will say something. A fun fact about me and my love of movies. From what I know, Hunger Games Catching Fire is, the most times I've seen a movie in theaters is for Hunger Games Catching Fire. I saw it seven times in theaters. Seven. I love that. Oh seven times in theaters. I loved it. Um, yeah, that's the record that I know of. I mean, I don't know when I was a kid, but like from what I know of, that's the record. That is the record of the most times I've seen a film in theaters. I saw it seven times because that everyone is high praise because I saw it by myself a couple times, and then my friends knew that like Paige wa- loves The Hunger Games, so I'll go see it. I'll go see it with her. So I like took people with me, and it was always like groups of two. So and then yeah, and I got a lot of Fandango money that year for Christmas. So I just kept, I just kept going back. So it's worth it. It's worth it. I did Black Widow three times, and I thought that was excessive. I I respect the 
the seven times for Hunger Games. I, yeah, I even have a photo of myself dressed as Katniss. I will show you that. It was Please my one. Do. I've only done two <laughs> cosplay things in my life and I will never do it again. It is so hard and difficult and I don't know how people do it. It's just... I, well, I feel like you might do Tigress for Halloween this year. I next mean, year. like, that's like a I lot of makeup. It. I don't know if I can do that. I will support it. I should I'm gonna go, I'm gonna, I, I might go for Barbie, but that might be too basic since I'm a blonde and love Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie. But not basic at all. Not basic at all. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, but we'll we'll talk about Halloween when we get closer because I definitely think we can get some good pop culture uh, costumes going. So very excited about that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, I think we can move on to our next segment. Speaking of Halloween, which is a coincidence that you brought Halloween up. This was right? not planned. This was not planned <laughs> for to bring up Halloween, by the way. So speaking of Halloween, the Hocus Pocus teaser trailer for Hocus Pocus 2 came out. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, it's just, this is a sequel. Talking about prequels, I'm talking about sequels. Um, and the original film came out a long, long time ago. This is like decades later. 93. That was the year I was born. Okay, that was the year I was born. So You're old. I am old. I am. I'm going to be, I'm going to be 29 on Saturday. I mean, Sunday it's yeah, I'm old. I'm going to be 29 on Sunday. Um, yeah, I'm old. Um, I'm joking. So, no. <laughs> so, um, before we talk about the trailer, uh, let's play a little bit of it. Sanderson sisters. I bet you're looking for the stage. Oh, always. I love that ending, though. I I love that. I love that. They have to do. They have to do a rendition of "I Put a Spell on You." I'm just saying. They have to. That is necessary, or at least they just got to take the stage which I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure they will. So um, it follows a new group of high school students who light the black flame candle, resurrecting the 17th century, which is Winifred, Mary, and Sarah Sanders, um, the the Sanders sisters. um, So um, Bette Midler, Kathy Najimy, and Sarah Jessica Parker, of course. Um, In the process, they're resurrected. And the cast of sequel also includes Hannah Waddingham from Ted Lasso, who I love, Tony Mm -hmm. Hale, Sam Richardson, Doug Jones, Whitney Peake, is um who's from gossip the new gossip, gossip girl. girl i don't know if you watch it yes i love her so she seems like she's going to be a main character from the teaser um I think I so. that as well so social media went nuts over this trailer because since this film was announced people have either been stoked or other fans aren't into it because again 93 okay so almost 29 years almost 30 years since this movie came out um and you know, again, talking about that right distance between, we've talked about this before about that finding that sweet spot of like, when is too long? When's the right time for a sequel? Is it, mm. is it only within a few years or like how you can do it so many decades later and it works? Um, so the sequel looks good. I enjoyed the first film and I have to say this, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this, 
but I am not like a diehard Hocus Pocus fan. Some people are like ride or die, watch it every year. I'm a Halloween Town girly forever. Forever. I love the Halloween Town movies. Um, Being normal is vastly overrated. Yeah, okay. Yeah, big. (laughs) I had to throw that out there. I love Halloween Town movies. So I didn't watch Hocus Pocus until like a few years ago. I mean, I bet I watched it as a kid, um, but I not that I can remember. But the sequel does look really good. I mean, I do find it interesting that they are doing it this many years later. But like I mentioned, I feel like they it might work with that sweet spot. And obviously the interest is mm-hmm. there. The act, the original actresses, actresses are in it. I think it definitely would not work if they were going to do recasting and have it be like a modern retail or something like that. No. no. So no I think way. that the, since the OG, like since then they're back witches or whatever that tagline was, we're back witches. I thought that was cute. I think that with all of that, I think it could work. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. No, I definitely agree with that. I'm so glad the OG three are back. I'm also excited because they haven't like basically taken the 1993 story and then kind of recast the main three kids with like equivalents to then tell a very similar story. It seems like a completely different take. You know, it's the same witches, but in a, in a modern age with different characters and from the sounds of it, from this teaser, um, Whitney Peake's character, I believe, is going to be like a witch of sorts. Like That's, that's kind of what I got, can... too. Because like, um, yeah. that one guy is like, hey, like a 16-year-old like gets their witches and they turn 16. Or they grow Get their um, powers. Get their powers and they turn 16. Yeah. Yeah. And b- that would explain because they've done this seance or not seance, but they've, they've done the tradition kind of every year of lighting the candle. And this is the only time the witches get um, yeah. actually you know, get resurrected uh, because it's her 16th birthday. So I'm excited to see if that's a twist. And I'm also really happy, at least from the sounds of it, they haven't made it like a the, t- the two kids from the original, like the love interest from the original movie, their kid is the person who resurrects the witches. Like, I'm glad it's not a cheesy That's a good point like because they do that circle. for everything. Like they yeah. always connect it. However, it did work in Top Gun Maverick. So <laughs> I have to say that, um, that, you know, Miles Teller played Goose's son, but that had to do with the, the actual story, uh, had to do with Maverick's character, like in his character development as well. But that's, I digress. But, um, yeah. But I do think that is that is a good point because a lot of sequels will always do that. Like, you know, Star Wars and all that stuff. It's like, oh, so many years later, it's like you're related, long distant relative, blah, blah, blah. So I think that that is yeah. interesting. And it's like, I think the point with that is if it if it's if it's done within the context of a well-written narrative with you 100%. know each character has their own clear motivation and purpose. I think when it's written within that context, it can work really well. But what a lot of films tend to do is is just assume that the audience is going to care because they're the kids of people that you cared about you know 20 years ago and like pirates i believe it was pirates five did this oh, i never watched um, i never watched yeah i never oh that was he was um uh like orlando bloom's like son right and kira knightley yeah, i never watched son. that one yeah yeah and it so i think yeah that's that's a whole other conversation but i do think that there's a lot of expectation that we're just going to care because it's you know related to the first films when that's not really the case like I'm excited to see these witches but I'm also so pumped that this is a completely new story and a completely new take um and I'm also on a Whitney Peak note because I know from Gossip Girl I'm this seems like a completely different character for her so I'm excited totally to see that because I feel like a lot of young actors kind of get pigeonholed and typecast into the roles that made them big. So I'm really happy that that she's gotten an opportunity to branch out, you know, so soon after her breakout. And it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy because she went from like 
I mean, I don't know what she did before Gossip Girl, but it's kind of funny because like Gossip Girl is like, you know, HBO Max, like it's, you know, mm. it's, you know, it's more young adult, a little old, a little older than young adult, I would, I would argue. And then, and then she's going to Disney. So yeah. it's like, I mean, she's, I, mean, she's, I mean, she's doing Gossip Girl still, obviously the show's like continuing, they're filming um, new season, but it's kind of funny that usually it's like Disney and then you go to like bigger stuff, but she's like coming yeah. back. Yeah. Well, Disney but, um, Plus is a whole new, whole new world, I guess. It totally is. I mean, I know Fabian, <laughs> Fabian and I disagree about streaming services all the time. I mean, I, I go back and forth. I think there's some, you know, one thing that um, I have to say this because he often makes this point, which is true for a lot of films is that when it is on a streaming service, the quality is different than when it's in theaters. Mm. Um, I feel like it's getting better though. It used to be like when it's video on demand, like, mm, like that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, video on demand still isn't great, but I mean, but when it's on streaming, it's not basically what I'm mm. saying is I don't think streaming, it used to be like similar to like it, not great, like on demand, like it's not getting, it's not good enough to be in theaters, but I right. feel like now it's, it's, it's like the norm, like great films are on streaming. Yeah, no. And I do think obviously a big part of that is the pandemic because it's really changed people's relationship with movie watching and like going to the cinema. And I think a lot of times, you know, it, it takes a lot for people who are maybe immunocompromised, who just aren't comfortable going to the cinema. Definitely. It really takes a lot to drag them out. And so I think, you know, with more and more moving to streaming, kind of the culture of movie watching in general has changed. I think it's it's really gone hand in hand um, and been exacerbated by the pandemic. Um, so no, def- definitely agreed on, on that point. But I do wish Hocus Pocus 2 were on the... I mean, it's just going to be streaming, right? It's not going to be on the big screen. I believe it's just Disney Plus. But I, I agree yeah. with you on that. I agree with you on that because I think it'd be fun for like parents to take their kids. Mm. Um but I do think when it comes to, I mean, I'm not a parent, so I can't really like talk about like that risk and like what it is to feel like about taking your kid to the movies or whatever. I mean, yeah. you know, things are going up and down, up and down when it comes to COVID. So, you know, Ooh. it's just, we're just rolling, we're just rolling on the roller coaster, right? Um, <laughs> rolling with the punches, rolling with the roller coaster, seeing what happens mm-hmm. next. But I feel like when it comes to, for kids stuff, I mean, I know that kid like for example we talked about this last week about Lightyear and how we felt like some of the other Pixar films we wish were on the big screen that didn't get theatrical releases but Lightyear did um but I think that I feel like even for kids films I feel like theatrical it should at least have a small chance to be in movie in theaters especially and we've talked about this just um just us just chatting about how there's about how nostalgia is such a big thing. We've talked about that on a podcast too, how nostalgia is such a big thing. Mm. And I think Hocus Pocus 2 is not just going to bring in kids. There's going to be millennials. There's going to oh, be yeah. Gen Zers. There's going to be adults who watch this with their <laughs> now adult kids, like yeah. at the at the, at the the movies. So I think, I kind of wish it was in theaters too, but I honestly think that it is around, I think it comes out in late September. So, yeah, you know, it'll 30. be that time. It'd be good for like, you know, getting getting the Halloween spirit falls here kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I do wish that it was also in theaters. And it is definitely not the kids who are the most excited about this film. It is definitely oh, that is a great point. Yes, that's a great point because there are probably a lot of kids that have no idea what Hocus Pocus is. Yeah, and it is as a film. That's a great point. Like, I didn't even think about that. Right? Yeah, that's a great point. And it seems like it's a darker register because the first film was very campy and it was made for the Disney Channel, if I remember correctly, and four kids were, where's this Disney Channel? Like, 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 were those, were, all of those were campy. They like, those were like 
Be they were wonderful and iconic, yes. but very campy. And this seems like yeah. the three witches are campy and maintaining that spirit. But the rest of the movie feels a lot darker in tone. It feels a lot more like traditionally cinematic. So I think a theatrical release would have made it, you know, it really helped it. You know, the effect of seeing on the big screen would have been way more, you know, whoa and, and also, overwhelming. And also... I agree totally. And also special effects obviously have evolved yes. like a lot <laughs> since then. So I will like never forget. Zo- <laughs> like Sarah the zombies. Are so- yeah, That's like her broom. Saying. Like, and then just like yeah. different things like that. Like it's going to look way, like I'm assuming it's going to have way better special effects. So like they'll look more realistic and like the, yeah. not realistic, it'll be just, you know, some of the special effects would look more real and unlike where you could like really tell that it was special effects. And the zombie makeup, as you were saying, no, like, yeah, I'm so excited to it's, see like the new and improved. Yeah. Like they're going to do some, I mean, I'm, 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 the bar's high. I'm expecting some like bomb ass, like mm. prosthetics. I'm expecting like magic, like Harry Potter status of, oh, yes. of, you know, wizardry or, um, magic going on. Um, I think it's going to be, but I, but I, I agree with you. I hope they keep a little of that camp and the three sisters, obviously mm. the actors seem like they're going to keep that campiness. So I hope yes. that they don't, I don't. I don't think they that they're going to lose it. I actually saw today um, they posted Disney posted um, the three actresses uh, reacting to the teaser. Yes, I did you saw watch that? that? My it was so cute. Bad. And then like Bette Miller's, Bette Miller's like, oh, fabulous. And I was like, oh, yes, I'm yes. ready. Yeah, and they just look so excited to be there. Yes, like, you know, you could, obviously a lot of people are kind of jumping on the the remake or you know coming back to old roles because it is a pretty lucrative um, business. But I do think in this case, as in many others, they look so genuinely excited and happy and passionate about about doing the film. And I think that from the small glimpses we've seen, that really does come across in their characters. It One, feels like hundred percent past. So I, I'm. I think it's going to be wonderful. I think it's going to be yeah, wonderful. I'm excited. And 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 honestly, like I plan to watch Free Pocus Pocus a couple times before it comes out. So I can, you know, because I, I don't even remember a lot of the stuff because again, I'm not, I don't watch it every year. So I need to, 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 to refresh. I watched it for the first time last year. Please feel free to, to laugh at me. It just wasn't huge because I, I grew up abroad. I grew up in Dubai and, and Italy and it wasn't huge there. It wasn't like such a huge part of like cultural lexicon, especially around Halloween. So I, I think I, I watched it with already an adult lens and I will rewatch it a couple times before seeing this new version. And it's, yeah. I, I get the excitement and I am excited for, for the sequel. It's going to be great. I feel like no matter what, it's going to be good. So moving on to our last segment, which I am so excited about because we have not talked about this at all, which is even good, even better, because we don't know. Yes. I don't know what your reaction was to the movie and you don't know what mine is. We didn't talk about it because we both saw it yesterday. Um, yep. So of course, for our last segment, what'd you see? What'd you think? We're talking about Elvis. Elvis. Of course, we're talking about Elvis. We have to talk about Elvis. So first off, I just want to say that I am not a diehard Elvis fan. Like I didn't like no like I mean I love his music um mm-hmm. can't help falling in love is like one of my favorite songs I love the covers like maybe that'll be my wedding song someday I don't know um but yes. I never knew a lot <laughs> I love that song the Casey Musgraves um cover for the soundtrack of this is beautiful by the way but I never knew like obviously I knew about like the drugs and stuff but I didn't really know anything about Elvis's story about his mm-hmm. rise to, and I definitely didn't know anything about um Colonel Tom Parker 
I didn't know anything about that. And I'm glad that I didn't do research going into it because I was literally like go- almost going in blind. Um, I, but I had watched like a bunch of interviews with Austin Butler and all this stuff. And, and so I was like super hyped. Like uh, this is one of like my most antici- highly anticipated films of the year. Like I was so excited for this. Both of us were saying that we were, <laughs> we were a little, little worried because we both had some long weekends. And I was like, oh, I'm like a little tired. Like the movie's almost three hours. Like, oh God, you know, I never fall asleep. I mean, I, I count on one hand the times I've fallen asleep in movies. So I was like, this, I cannot like, right. Okay. I, there was no chance in hell that I was going to fall asleep during this movie. I was, I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. I loved it from start to finish. I had high expectations for this film too. And I've talked a lot about on this podcast about when I have expectations, how it really changes the way you go into it. Like I went into Jurassic World with low expectations and I liked it a little bit better than I thought I was going to. This Mm. film, I had high expectations and it, expectations and it just blew it up like it was even more than i expect better than i expected it was powerful and raw and emotional like i cried i'm a crier but i cried and yeah it was long but like it didn't feel long like it was like just this whole journey it was just i just it was heartbreaking and moving and i just i loved everything about it austin butler oh my god wow again i had expectations after reading reviews but he blew me away. His performance yeah. left me speechless. Like he became Elvis. Like his singing, like he sang, um, I believe he did up to up the 70s. It's actually him singing. And then they morphed Austin Butler's voice in with Elvis. You can even see on the soundtrack, right. it'll say like Austin Butler and Elvis Presley. As we've discussed before about being able to separate topic of when you see something like a, bi- a biopic or, or other um, like big characters, can you separate is the actor so is the performance so incredible that you can't even see the actor or mm-hmm. or is it like oh that's you know the actor playing the character in my opinion austin butler was elvis i did not see that disney pretty boy or it means <laughs> yes. been other stuff but like i didn't see that at all like he was elvis and like no pretty boy was found like in my opinion this is an oscar worthy performance um Loved the film, want to see it again, immediately got in the car, put the soundtrack on. This is, I will say, this is like the best biopic I've seen in years. I thought this was better than Bohemian Rhapsody. I thought this was better than Rocket Man. I loved every minute of it. Um, there's only two small things I didn't like, which I'll get to. But first, I, I just have to say, I just get, I just, I, I can't put it into words. I just, I tried. That's why I had to make notes because I was like, I just love it so much. What did you yes. think, Chantal? What did you think? I agree with every single thing you said. I'm not going to repeat everything you said. I'm obviously. sorry. I literally was that like, was, I need to have... No, no, no. I'm So you put it way more eloquently than I would have been able no. to have stumbled through how excited I was about it. But on the <laughs> note of I'm Austin sure. Butler and Tom Hanks becoming Colonel Tom Parker and Elvis Presley, like I never thought I could hate Tom Hanks. Watching him was Colonel Parker, like Tom Parker. I hated I hated the character. I hated, he was so good. Hanks was so, so good. And, and same with Austin. But so I'll preface this by saying I am like, not a, I'm not a diehard Elvis fan, but when I was in high school, I got very into watching kind of movies based on his life and specifically through oh, the lens love of that. Um, Cause like she wrote a memoir, I think believe called Elvis and me, and that got turned into a movie. And so I'd seen that. And I agree. This is like, I think every actor has obviously put in a lot of work and been great, but Austin became Elvis in a way that I have never seen before. He, 
I forgot it was Austin. I really, there was I a I have chills just as you said that. I have chills again. Like, right? yeah. Chills. I just felt like I was watching Elvis and I had moments where I was like, oh my goodness, that this is Austin Butler. And I, I understand why Austin still has a bit of, of Elvis right? in him, you know, with his voice and, but and I'm like, his physicality because he fully yeah. became him for two years. So, yes. you know, people were a bit mean about him in the lead up to this because he's kind of become Elvis in a lot of ways um, in his in, in his like real life. But man, like they, they have to watch this performance. It is Oscar worthy. It is, like you said, one of the best biopics I've ever seen. And, and he, goodness, he deserves all of the praise and Tom Hanks too. And everybody else, the cast in general was phenomenal and so talented. And there was so much work put into this film that I think it, it deserves all the praise um, it's going to get. And there was a couple of things I did want to mention from like a thematic stance. And one was, I adore how, they really rooted Elvis's narrative and inspiration in, you know, how his music was so heavily influenced by Black culture yes. and Black communities in a way that I think, you know, they've, people have always, for, or representations have always talked about Elvis as like the king of rock and roll as if he was like, you know, solely responsible for it. So I love how this really um, took a more complex and nuanced um, take and look. And second was I love how they showed the extent to which women really like made his star rise because I think uh, there's a lot of a lot of men, not all men, but a lot of men like to like scoff at typically feminine interests and and you know things that people like to consider girly, but at the same time claim people like Elvis and the Beatles as like you know the music greats. Like they'll talk about them as if they're super cult. I mean, they are obviously like anyone is entitled to to like whatever they want, but you know, there tends to be a more general claiming of people like Elvis and the Beatles, um, forgetting that it was, you know, teenage girls screaming and so excited about them to begin with. So I love how they, how they rooted, um, his, his success in that as well in the film, which I, I thought it was wonderful. I agree. I agree. Those are, those are amazing points. I mean, I, I also love talking about, um, how he was influenced by black culture. I thought it was really awesome when they kind of that one scene, I think it was towards the end, they kind of did like a a three split screen and it was him singing the song like when he was younger, when he heard it when he was a kid and then then when he's older. And I thought that was amazing the way they morphed the voices also together. Um, And it just showed it was like one journey. And then talking about like women, you know, you see his 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 relationship with his mom you see mm. priscilla which i didn't know really much about priscilla Presley. we're going to talk about that in a second as well oh the fans as you mentioned yeah the female fans and how they reacted and also the other thing just to wanted a quick note the thing that also that i didn't know much about was how he was considered like this insane inappropriate yes. like yeah like uh, his lewd <laughs> like he was like a deep not not deep, like devil like anti-christian yeah. like all this stuff and i was like he's just dancing and singing yes he's sexual and yes he's a little he has makeup on and like outlandish yeah. outfits but like i'm just like how and my mom because i've talked to my mom about this my mom is like 64 and she was like yeah like, it was considered like like nothing they'd ever seen before and they were like not okay with it it was like people yeah and he was re- arrested at that one point because they yeah. wanted him to play other stuff and he was just like no I, I just it was amazing and i loved everything about it and um now i want to go kind of what you did i want to watch like old elvis documentaries i want to go watch all this stuff yeah. you should and talking about austin butler real quick about his about his voice um i just have to say that 
I didn't have a problem with his deeper voice now. I mean, he was, he studied for two years. Of course the voice is going to stay. Mm-hmm. I don't mind. Like who cares? Honestly, it's hot. And I just, I just, <laughs> I just had to say that. I just said <laughs> His deep voice is hot. Okay. So yeah. anyone that's wrong with that, like you said, needs to go see the movie and then you'll realize why his voice stayed that way. It's not like he has like some weird accent or something now, or like he's you know, walking differently. Yeah, maybe he has a new swag, but who cares? Like, it's, yeah, he's just more confident, and yeah, and he's yeah, very shy. For he's him, very, he's very shy, which I didn't know that. I've seen other interviews, and he says he's very shy, and I'm like, you would never guess that watching yeah. the movie that he's shy. No, absolutely, or even interviews. So I was shocked by that. So if he wants to have that voice, then then keep it. Going to the next part of his segment, this is so crazy. So it's so awesome, I should say, um, crazy in a good way. So often with biopics, families, the families of the real life um, character or the real life, sorry, the real life person that biopic is based on usually are like, I feel like more often than not, they're like not okay with the biopic. They're usually like not into it. Um, or they're just like in a, like in House of Gucci, like the Gucci family like slammed oh, yeah. in. They were so against it and they like came out like all these interviews. However, the Presley family, including Priscilla, Lisa Marie and Riley Keough, um, Elvis' granddaughter, they they loved the film, gave it their stamp of approval. They went on the red carpet. They did interviews mm-hmm. with multiple outlets. They praised Austin Butler. And we actually have a clip of, of Priscilla Presley um, out and um, talking to TMZ about praising Austin and shutting down any haters of his portrayal. What do you say to those fans? It's a shame. It's a shame. It's a shame. First thing about that, I have to say, is ultimately, in my opinion, when it comes to biopics, if the family gives a sample approval, I don't think any fan has the right, especially Priscilla. Mm-hmm. No fan has the right to literally be like, I don't like this portrayal. If Priscilla gave her stamp of approval, and then obviously any other family members, if Priscilla specifically gave her stamp of approval, they have no grounds to not like the portrayal because she was actually there, obviously. True, true. And she knew him in a way that, you know, none of us ever, ever, ever could. And so- Exactly. Definitely, I'm on the same page with that. And I think just with the family loving it, I can only imagine what an incredibly emotional experience it must have been to watch him because obviously- Elvis died when Lisa Marie was still so young and she, you know, largely grew up without him in her life. So if she was so emotionally, you know, affected in the best way possible by this film and and it meant that much to Priscilla and Lisa Marie and obviously the rest of the family, I think as fans, you know, wouldn't you just want that? Like if the family is so happy and excited about this portrayal, says it's great, says it's an homage to Elvis and not just an impersonation like it really it really paid tribute you know the fans have have no reason to be as hateful I think as they have been and I think honestly once it's come out that hate has definitely died down I think there's just a few kind of like unfortunate clips that were shared that maybe were taken out of context or whatever it was but I think regardless of context or no the amount of hate and like vitriol directed at Austin was just unfair from the start, especially, as you mentioned, because the family was so on board. 
Yeah. And there was actually one thing I, I know we're running out of time, but I just want a quick note that she mentioned this a little bit in the, in the team Z clip when she said, uh, ask Jerry Schilling. So in an interview with extra, she was saying that during the private screening, she sat next to a talent manager, Jerry, Jerry Schilling, who worked with Elvis. And yes. they said during the film, she said, she asked him, is that Elvis or is that Austin? And he goes, no, that's Elvis. And then I go, are you sure? And then a minute later, he goes, no, that's Austin. Like, that's how amazing it is. Like they, yes. that's how amazing he is, is what she said. So they couldn't even tell. They were wondering like, wait, is that Austin? Is that Elvis? Is that Austin? Is that Elvis? Like who's singing the song? And that's yes. just like, just shows how amazing. Cause you know, he spent, Austin Butler spent two years, you know, dancing and, and prepping and watching, uh, obviously singing lessons and all this stuff. And I think that all that work paid off. And I want everyone to see this film. It's, this is an ad. Go see it. Yeah. <laughs> We're not being paid to say this. Like actually go, go and see it. Please do. It is I, peak peak cinema. And if he does not get, or if the movie doesn't get nominated for a ton of Oscars, I, I will be shocked. All right. Well, I, um, I agree. And I think we can um, stop our episode there. So Check us out on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can also find out find us at the TMZ Podcast Network on YouTube. And uh, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Mm-hmm.